This week, Trump was slammed for military leadership criticisms. Biden challenged Trump on vaccines, and Trump came back saying Biden is stupid. And recent information may reveal that Obama and the CIA director John Brennan at the time had a secret task force with its own budget to investigate Trump long before the FBI probe was ever established. I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Uh, we're back inside for a moment because there's some developments being made, like painting and stuff on the uh, on the porch, and I'm uh, still trying to solve problems with cameras and all that. Um, that's still happening, so there may be more episodes inside the uh, in the room and all that, which means there's going to be there's going to be more videos, but they're they're just not going to be as good as I would like them to be. Um, but that's that's fine. You, you work with what you get. Um, so before I begin, I'd like to remind you to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H U G H U Y N O A H. That's at Huey Noah. And if you're a supporter, if you want to support the show, you can go buy some merch. I do eventually want to do a promo code for the merch and start developing new new designs and all that, more interesting things, more funny things to wear. Um, I'd like to make one of the meme of me where I go, um, "This is why people hate you." And then I'd also like to do, no, yeah, that's the one I want to do next. This is why people hate you. Um, Anyway, so Trump was uh, slammed for his military leadership criticisms, which is actually, I find interesting, but I, let me let me read you off the, um, what, um, and then I will um, kind of explain to you my position on this, because it's actually quite interesting citing on this. So, uh, um, let me start. Escalated tensions with the U.S. military causing the Pentagon, uh, accusing the Pentagon of seeking war to appease defense uh, defense contractors. Trump made the comments during a White House press conference on uh, on Monday. He repeated his denial of claims first reported in the Atlantic that he'd privately disparaged Americans who died in World War One. I'm not saying the military's in love with me, he said. The soldiers are. He continued, the top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but wonderful companies that make bombs and make the planes and make everything else. Describing the U.S. military campaign against the Islamic State, he added, some people don't like to come home. Some people like to continue to spend money. One cold-hearted globalist betrayal after another, and that's what it is. Thursday, explosive report in the Atlantic quoted unnamed officials who said Trump canceled a 28 visit to a Paris cemetery because he did not believe it was important to go and pay respects to the Americans there who died in World War One. The White House publicly uh, blamed bad weather at the time. The Atlantic reported that Trump privately said the cemetery was filled with losers and said on the same trip that U.S. Marines who lost their lives in the war were suckers. Um, and it, uh, uh, these remarks. Uh, in terms of the comments that supposedly in 2018, uh, uh, President Trump had called uh, uh, members losers and everyone their suckers, I'm not going to take the word of an unofficial, um, because simply because you never know, you, there's no credibility to even find here, because they're not even willing to admit their true identity, and so to me, there's not enough, there's no way for me to say, oh, yeah, I believe that, or oh, that's just a load of crap. Now, obviously, Republicans and Democrats are jumping on that bandwagon, he's either, you know, an absolute awful person that just loves, you know, hating on the military, or you know, that was a that was a Democratic insider, you know, stupid big media thing, you know, stuff like that. 
Uh, but the truth of the matter is there's just not enough information. On one hand, it may be correct that these may just be politically charged comments that have nothing to do with the military whatsoever and may not even have... Um, it. Uh, Trump's character on one hand, I could easily see him saying something like that, but on the other hand, um, I, I simply just won't just believe unnamed officials who won't, who, who can't re reveal their identity. I mean, uh, I, I can't simply ride on the bandwagon to say that I 100% agree or disagree with, with that. Now, in terms of him saying that people, the high officials in the Pentagon and, and some people in the, in the military, mostly leadership, uh, are don't want to come home from certain areas because of the spending money of stuff like that, that's actually something I, I, I agree with him to a certain extent. There's a big problem in military, and especially in military leadership, actually one, this is unrelated to, to spending money on, on, to, on war, um, on, on not vehicles of war, but on uh, resources of war, um, uh, of, of, of sexual assault in the military. There's, there's this one base in Florida, I believe, where people have gone, are going missing by the dozens and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. There's a big problem with that. But then that is, that is somewhat of a problem, I argue, uh, in the military, uh, of, of, of rather than supporting certain instances of freedom in other countries and helping in, in our allied countries and such as that, and then leaving them alone, which I think is a big thing the, the United States need to do. It needs to let go of these never-ending wars, bring people home. We interfere when it's when it's appropriate at, at the most extreme situations, and then we, we, we stay home under, under all other um, uh, circumstances. However... Uh, in, in this case, there there is, I would agree with the president, that there is a, a problem with people wanting to spend money on resources of war um, and not coming home to, to use those resources that, that the American people are essentially paying for, um, you know, using those funds. The It's hard to say that the criticism is completely unjustified. However, the criticism, I, anytime presidential season comes around or election season comes around, I mean, um, any criticisms of anyone who's running for president of the current president at the time? I'm just going to assume everything's politically charged because we're in the day and age where where people where bipartisan or in my or in my preference nonpartisan uh, groups and individuals come out in, in criticisms that make logical, genuine sense. But however, we're in an age where logic and cognitive thinking is not exactly a priority in politi in political discourse. Um, that is, and so. Uh, I'm not going to say that these comments are not politically charged against him or for him. I would say that every defense for him is going to be um, uh, surface-level, half-witted nonsense to 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 rebuke the to rebuke uh, not information but um, uh, insults towards the president, and, and the insults towards the president themselves are also surface-level and, and and mostly just um, defamatory. Uh, defamatory, I, I suppose it's pronounced defamatory. Um, so that's that. I, I simply, I'm not going to say I, I agree with either side 100%. However, I do agree to a certain extent that there are many people in the military who are, especially in their leadership positions, who are more concerned with spending money on the wep on these on these weapon uh, resources of war rather than coming home and leaving everyone else alone. That's what America needs to do the most right now. We need to leave everyone else alone um, because it's it's getting very annoying on on, on the American citizen side. It's annoying on the uh, uh, members of the military side. We need to bring our troops home and keep them home under most, if not all, circumstances, in my opinion. Um, so Biden was challenging Trump over the vaccine of the coronavirus. So everything's still, we're still raging. Everything's kind of opening up, but uh, numbers have actually started, there's a stain on my watch. Numbers have started going back up a little bit, so that's a little concerning. Um, however, there, there's also something about uh, uh, um, a vaccine development, but I don't, 
that's not going to go anywhere. Anyway, uh, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden says he'd follow the advice of scientists about whether he'd get a coronavirus vaccine if one became available before November's presidential election as President Trump tore into, Democratic over into the Democratic ticket over vice presidential no nominee Kamala Harris's recent comments on the issue. I would I would want to see what the scientists said. The former vice president told reporters Monday of a vaccine after speaking with supporters during a stop in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know why I said that question. Biden also emphasized he'd welcome an effective vaccine regardless of the consequences to his campaign. If I could get a vaccine tomorrow, I'd do it, he stressed. If it cost me the election, I'd do it. We need a vaccine and we need it now. Biden, who's heavily criticized Trump's steering of the federal government's response to the pandemic, also called for full transparency on the vaccine. And he once again argued that the president's repeated misstatements and falsehoods regarding when a vaccine will become available are undermining public confidence. Biden charged that when he comes to vaccine, Trump's playing with politics. He said so many things that aren't true. And if he cautioned that if we do really have if we do have a really good vaccine, people are going to be reluctant to take it. Harris has taken uh, heat after answering a question during a CNN interview that aired on Sunday about a possible vaccine by saying, I would not t trust Donald Trump, and it would have to be a credible source of information that talks about the efficiency and the reliability of whatever he's talking about. I will not take his word for it. The president fired back on Monday during a news conference. Trump emphasized that Biden and Harris should immediately apologize for the reckless anti-vaccine rhetoric they're, ta they're talk talking right now, talking about endangering lives, and it undermines... I lost my spot. Uh, here it is. And the president claimed that a vaccine would be available during the month of October ahead of the presidential election. You could have a very big surprise coming up. The vaccine will be very safe and effective, he speculated. People will be happy. The people of the world will be happy. Nearly 190,000 people in the U.S. have died of COVID-19. Well, that actually, what was it? 190,000. That's actually, that number is incorrect, I believe. Because I said it last week, the CDC had quietly changed their number to, to 9,210. It's gone up a little bit. It's gone up a bit, Vince. But I don't... I, I do believe that that number is still... I do believe that news is still accurate. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I'm still under the impression that that number is actually a lot smaller. Anyway, um... Um... Yes. Anyway, they clashed over this vaccine. Now, let's be... I do believe that Biden actually speaks some truth here when he says that Trump is talking politics entirely. Here's the thing. There's a very big misconception about Donald Trump that a lot of Republicans and conservatives seem to completely overlook when it comes to election season and, and, and who they're going to support um, at all. The, the idea with a lot of conservatives and Republicans and such is that Donald Trump is the best fit for the presidency because he's never been in politics before. Um, however, he's a businessman. Uh, his... His inexperience in government does not necessarily mean that suddenly he's a good president. Uh, I think his record and uh, many of his actions and a lot of his words as well show that he's, he's actually very good at the same exact political game that politicians who have been in the business for 70 years compared to him who's been in government for exactly four. Um, that he, he shows off the same exact types of traits. He, uh, he's a good studier, if that makes sense. He was able to pay attention to what people in politics do and just copy it born for uh, note for note. Um, and essentially... He, he plays the same game that they play. play. If, you, if you watch the RNC, if the things his su biggest supporters are saying, if you see the things he says all the time when it comes to election season, he, he's promising a lot of things, but many of those things are, um, they're still in the same type of caliber that uh, people are, that people in the business are already playing. Um, anyway, I'm rambling on all of a sudden because I have to pause it. Anyways, I, sorry, I got interrupted again. 
that's a big reason why I moved up to the porch because then people cannot interrupt me. Anyway, um, a big thing about Trump is that a lot of his supporters and such uh, play this game, play this uh, notion that he's that he's suddenly the best candidate because he's been in, pol in government, not politics, in government for exactly four years. However, he plays the same exact game that uh, many politicians who have been in government for nearly 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70 years um, because he's a very good studier. And a lot of the things that he's just done in his life has led him to be able to play the same moves that politicians who don't who blow air all the time to get, to get elected do. I don't want this to play the video. Um, not the video, please. At all. Don't play it. Thank you. Um, so, uh, this idea that Trump is playing the politics game, I, I agree with 100%. However, that doesn't mean Joe Biden and Kamala Harris aren't. Uh, the problem with the Democratic Party is that they, they sit on this, this uh, self-righteous, snobby notion that, oh, we're the science people. We follow science. When in reality, they also are playing the game of politics. What they want you to do is feel secure in their arms so that when you elect them and they do all these horrible things, like when Joe Biden passed the 94 Crime Bill Act, which incarcerated more innocent black uh, men than uh, I think any p piece of legislation that has gone through the Congress to date, um, they're, they can get away with it because they're playing this rationality, oh, we're the, the party of science and, and the Republicans are just absolute morons who don't listen to scientists at all. When in reality, both of them are more concerned with politically getting your support so that you will keep them in power indefinitely uh, so they can further uh, crush the, um, the, the, uh, the uh, concept of liberty under their tyrannical boots. Uh, what... Where I would say Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get it wrong is where they suddenly play off this, this notion that, oh, we'll listen to scientists, but Trump, he won't. Because, and, and then they blame him for playing the politics game when they are, are also playing it. They're playing this politics game as well. And so that, that's, uh, that's my, con not my conjecture. That's my, well, I, I suppose it would be considered a conjecture. That's my opinion on that situation, uh, simply because it's wrong to, to, it's illogical to point out the flaws that someone else has when you have the same exact flaws without at least acknowledging them. Like, um, when I criticize uh, the parties, for instance, for stepping on liberty and for having this self-righteous notion that they should rule over everything and that their ideas should be king in a society, I am willing to turn around and admit that, hey, I sometimes fall under that, uh, that predisposed notion that if everyone just believed what I believed, then the world would be perfect. Um, Obviously, that idea is irrational and doesn't make any sense, uh, but that doesn't mean I'm not human and, and I won't sometimes just want everyone to, to think exactly like me. Um, but the Democrats and Republicans are bad for not doing that. They'll, they'll quickly point out the flaws in each other, but they are not willing to admit that they themselves have the same exact flaws that they are pointing out in their opponent. Uh, and so that's one of their big problems. So Obama and CIA Director John Brennan have, have apparently had a secret task force that have been that were investigating uh, uh, the Trump campaign. Um, so, investigators have learned that Obama and CIA Director John Brennan ran a secret task force out of Langley with its own separate budget to investigate Trump, the Trump campaign, and alleged ties to Russia. The task force was set up before the FBI officially launched its own probe on the thirty uh, first of um, G of July. I don't know why that took so long to think July in, in 2016. Um, I didn't see a lot about this to get a lot of information. I think that's, I, I saw it all over the news. Um, I think, uh, Monday and Tuesday. And, um, I found that quite interesting. I don't, on one hand, it reinforces the Obamagate conspiracy that, that Trump was pushing back 
um, a couple about a month or two ago. No, no, that was way a long time ago. The Obamagate conspiracy thing, that kind of blew out, uh, I want to say back before the summer started, or shortly into the summer, I believe, is when the Obamagate thing kind of blew up. Um, that reinforces that to some extent. I have not looked to see what other information has, has surfaced, or if any. Um, it... Let's be clear. Obama's not perfect. I don't see him. I'm not like these people who act like Obama is just suddenly this god of truth and knowledge. That's a very sad, pathetic display of uh, of human um, not human idolism, where where they take this person who's who was nice and funny, and uh, he could come off as intelligent, and he was intelligent. Not that intelligent, but he he was intelligent. He was a smart man. He was funny. He was charismatic. And they idolize him as if he's a god. They act as if if Obama were here, the world would be perfect. When in reality, Obama has committed the same exact crimes that any other president, Democrat or Republican, has committed in, in history. In fact, um, him and Trump are very... Actually, Trump over has gone over him in terms of drone strikes in Syria that have killed innocent people in... in um, is it Syria or Yemen? I believe it may be actually Yemen. Um, you know, drone strikes that have killed innocent people, but, you know, at least, you know, but at least it's not Trump because Trump's a meanie, is a meanie poo-poo head, so oh, suddenly Obama's God. Um, so I don't see, like, the way I, when I characterize Obama as a person, especially when it comes to his political career, I think he's more, he's a lot like um, the way they portray Alexander Hamilton in the Hamilton musical, which obviously is a piece of historical fiction, but... The way they portray Hamilton, which is true to some extent, though they do character, they um, kind of car- make it cartoony a little bit with the, the amount of it he's obsessed with this concept. But Obama sh- does it in real life of being obsessed with leaving behind this legacy. Obama is a type of person who, at least to me, comes off as someone who wants to be taught about in 70 years. When he's dead, I think it is Obama's wish to, to be taught about as this great American president who just did this amazing thing, and he's just God, and he saved the entire planet. You know, that I, he comes off as that type who wants to have this ginormous, impacting legacy, because he was the first African-American president, which is certainly a stride of its own right, but that doesn't suddenly mean that uh, he was an amazing person. Um, he locked people's arms down with uh, Obamacare, nearly um, bankrupted so many Americans, he continued this, this, the, uh, never-ending wars that's, that, uh, started under George, um, George W. Bush. He, uh, further committed the same political crimes that any president, and by political crimes, I mean just politi- politicalization, you know, making it more about the Democratic and Republican Party rather than making it just about Americanism. Um, and, and, so he doesn't, he comes off as if he wants to hide all of that under a rug and be taught about the same way that we are often, um, on, or often biasly taught about our founding fathers. We're not often taught about the complex and often controversial lives of these people. And that's just starting to be an issue. However, that's going to remain an issue in the next 70 years if we do not reveal the truth that Obama is not the best president we've ever had. In fact, he's still one of the worst ones we've had. Every president we have had has to some extent sucked. And uh, I have a feeling that uh, they all will suck to some extent, um, but at least politically. So what we see is that he, he, he's not perfect is what I'm saying here, and that he, he's perfectly willing to do something like this. 
Um, so until I can find out whether or not this is actually, I believe this has been confirmed as of yesterday or as of two days ago, Wednesday. Um, so, you know, I, I see this happening because, because Obama's part of it. He's part of the Democrat versus Republican left versus right game that is killing, that is absolutely destroying the, um, the liberty and the the concept that a that a conservative and a liberal can live next door to each other and be okay with it he's contributed to that heavily and so this idea that this uh, hardcore republican businessman wants to run for president and there's there's ties that Russia wants him to win obviously obama's going to play use his power to help the democrats um try and find information to to dig up dirt on him or at least make him look a little worse because that's all the democrats and republicans care about they're more concerned about making each other worse than making america better that they'll go to any lengths and it doesn't surprise me whatsoever that obama would do something like this because he is not God. He's not perfect. He's not good. He's hardly a, a good president. He was charismatic and funny. I'll give him that. You know, I liked him when I was a kid because I was, uh, let me think. I, I was born, uh, I believe, at the tail end. I was born at the beginning. No, yeah, I was born basically at the beginning of George W. Bush's, did he do a second term? Yeah, when he was running again in 2003. Um, and I lived through both terms of Obama, and in the first one especially, when Obama was president, you know, I thought, man, he's a nice, funny guy. You know, we have all these memes about him now and all that. You know, that's kind of the legacy he's, trying, he's almost leaving behind. Like, oh, he's a funny, charismatic guy. But the truth is, he, he's part of the same political game that's destroying the liberty of our nation uh, that anyone else is. So something like this doesn't surprise me uh, whatsoever. Uh, another reminder, I want you to make sure you're following me on Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. I do lots of fun things. You can update on my life. I show you when I cook spaghetti sometimes. And uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, uh, you can go to the shop section on my website, and which is linked on my Instagram bio, so make sure to follow it there. Um, and you can you can get merch to support the show. It's a, it's a, you can get a t-shirt, a hoodie, a mug. I actually ordered a mug and a hoodie for my friend, um, and we'll have pictures and that stuff like that to to promote the, the merchandise. So, Trump spent some time here in my state of North Carolina. I've got the pen on today. Showed up in North Carolina earlier this week and uh, said it was shut down still for political reasons to hurt his re-election effort. So, our governor of, North Car- uh, gov- governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, not a big fan of him, in my opinion. I don't necessarily like him that much. Has kept the state pretty much closed. We were supposed to open by like phase, open to like a phase three thing by now. But we simply haven't. And so uh, Trump shows up in uh, North Carolina for a quick campaign rally moment. I'm going to pause this so it doesn't play and then close it. Okay. President Donald Trump used campaign rally, uh, used a campaign rally um, in, what happened? I lost my article. I don't know why I lost my article and went to the general stories to tell me. President Donald Trump used a campaign rally in Battleground, North Carolina on Tuesday to accuse the state's Democratic governor of imposing coronavirus restrictions to hurt the president's re-election chances, though he cited no evidence to back up that claim. Your state should be open, Trump told an enthusiastic crowd that erupted in cheers in Winston-Salem. The president still stung from the loss of the GOP convention that was supposed to take place in 
uh, in the state last month uh, was moved to a nearly all virtual event because of COVID-19, said North Carolina and other key battleground states such as Michigan were keeping their states shut for political reasons. Trump has leveled those claims before and has never cited evidence to back them up. He has also contradicted himself on the point, pressuring states to open while at other times arguing, as he did in July, that the decision would be up to the governors and based on the data and the facts on the ground. Um, so, yeah, a big thing about North Carolina is, and we're going to be, we've become a very big state in the elections because we are actually a very huge independent voter base. We're 30% Democrat, 30% Republican as of registered voters in the last month, I believe. 30% Democrat, 30% uh, Republican, and 33% independent. That's 33% of the state it, it just wants to freaking have liberty to live. Um, and, and Democrats and Republicans are very big on controlling states like us because ke- keeping independents shut up and voting for the same two people is going to keep is will be fine. And usually that's what happens. It's that amount of social pressuring of, uh, of if you're voting for anyone but us two, you're just wasting your vote and should just go kill yourself or something like they play off this, this ridiculous idea that, it, that you have to vote for them, too, because if you don't, you're just awful and should die. Um, which is absolutely ludicrous. It's obviously a political uh, lie to get you to keep them in power because they're terrified of not of of not running the country the way they want to, rather than running it on a on an un, on an unbiased and fa- uh, factual um, level uh, leveling ground, I suppose leveling ground. Um, and so, Trump showing up and saying that the state is closed for political reasons. To to some extent, I could agree with that. However, I don't fully agree with that. Um, I'm not a, I, I'm not entirely sure about Michigan, but I do know that uh, in our case, in the state of North Carolina, I think it is partially because of political reasons. Um, our, our, our governor is a Democrat. He's a very big Democrat, I believe. Not a very big Democrat, like like he's very well known. However, he's very into that that type of stuff. He's a big part of the parties. He's a big part of all of that. He's not. He's not. He doesn't care about the liberty. He doesn't care about preserving the liberty we were born with. He doesn't care about the 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 the, the constitutional, both state constitution and United and United States constitutional um, um, rights we were born with, and all that. And and what is the word I'm looking for? Supporting them in a time like this, in a time where there's this disease out and all that. Um, so on one hand, I agree with him, but on the other hand, this is another instance where I say Trump is just playing the political game. Republicans and conservatives absolutely refuse to accept this idea that Trump is just is just as good as a, as a uh, of a manipulative politician as everyone as every other politician in this nation, simply because oh, but he's he's never been in government before, except in the last four years. Um, buddy, businessmen, politicians, th- this type of manipulation and, and getting you to keep them in power, it's easy to learn, okay? I learned it in less than a year, okay? I, I, I started getting into this stuff at, um, 14? 14, 15, 14 or 15? Well, by the time I was 16, I knew how to get people to, to, at least on, on these political levels, I knew exactly what they were doing. So Trump could learn it. <laughs> way faster than I did. He probably learned it during the campaign process. And, and so he, he is just as good at blowing political air to get you to pull your heartstrings, to get you voting for him, and then turn around and, 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 conti- and drone strike more more innocent people than Obama did and, and, and pass gun gun laws that, are, as far as I'm concerned, are un- unconstitutional. The same thing Ronald Reagan did where Ronald Reagan, though he's a, a fairly good president in mind, fairly respectable, still passed a bajillion gun laws that, that are just, that were just stupid. No, stop. Stop with the gun laws, okay? You're just empowering people who want to shoot you. Um, and, and many other things as well, like, his biggest, his strongest factor is the fact that he can create so many jobs. But here's the thing, buddy. You can create jobs all you want. 
there's a big part of, of making Americans more successful that I think many people are leaving out, either on purpose or just because they simply don't know. And that's, it doesn't matter if you have a job, if you don't know what to do with your money and, if, and you're just horrible with money, you're never going to be successful. And that's a big thing. Education, I think, is one of the most important things in this country. And I think the education system publicly and privately, because they're, according to the numbers, they're not doing as well as public school is either. It's like slightly better, I believe. Public education is an absolute farce. It's an absolute spit in the face to academia. It does nothing to inform American citizens. By the time they get to high school, which is, in my opinion, one of the most important times academically for, for a young mind that's getting ready to start becoming a, a, an actual adult, getting into a job, getting into college and all that, by the time they get to, to freshman year of high school, they have no concern for education, very very rarely. Um, I don't believe this nonsense that, oh, the schools are indoctrinating the children because of their, their freaking libtards are indoctrinating our children. I don't believe that crap. But I do believe that the, the system is designed by default to make students uninterested in learning. It turns off that interest in learning. There, there was a study done, I believe, in Boston University, I believe it was Boston University, that um, found that uh, the way the school system runs, because it was, it was designed by, in Prussia in the, 17, in the 1740s, I believe, 1740s, that doesn't sound right, something like that, I could, I could be wrong, and later introduced by Horace Mann, the, uh, I believe he was a senator from Mississippi, um, the, the system, it, it, doesn't, it just doesn't work. And so the, um, by the time, it, it, the structure of it works more like a factory than it, does a, than it does an actual academic situation. We want to be in an academic situation. We sit down, we have conversations, we practice it. You don't just sit down, throw paperwork at them, tell them to do it, get it done by this time tomorrow, and just and do good on the final exam where you, have to re, where you take in information and just regurgitate it. Education should be more, should be more, in my opinion, focused on a mix of, of, of conversation and practice. Conversation and practice are two of the biggest, I think, in my opinion, factors of, of creating a, a, a substantial uh, thirst for knowledge and for education possible. The, 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 the professor who did that study at the Boston University, I believe, he went to a village in... in I don't want to just say Africa because that's very rude. It was a very specific. It was one of the um, more rural villages in Africa. Not a very advanced place at all. Placed a computer down, uh, plugged it in and all that. Um, and the children who are like 8 and 9, I believe, 9 to nine to 15, played around that computer. And within 24 hours, they knew the basic functions of the computer. What his conclusion was is that sitting here and regurgitating information, doing it in a factory model where we sit down give you papers, give you deadlines, give you the standardized testing and all that, that doesn't, that's not education. That's, um, it's bulimic, it's bulimic, uh, um, information uh, memory where we're trying to get students to, to, um, remember things and get used to a nine to five schedule so that by the time they get it, become adults, whether or not they get out of college or not, they will, um, either spend a fortune on trying to go to college just to get a job that's basically a nine to five job that's, you know, a pa like paperwork and stuff like that, or they'll go out into the field and do, and do some sort of manual labor job. Um, but that type of education turns off the thirst for knowledge. We all know it. We were all children, uh, regardless of whether or not you were public or private school, because apparently, according to the National Association of Academic Progress, their numbers don't look very well according to public or compared to public education either. If you, you, people who have gone to school know that 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 um, public education turns off the thirst for learning, so people, which makes people incredibly susceptible to the lies of a politician and, and Donald and people like Donald Trump, whether or not whether or not they're doing it on purpose or whether or not they're, they're doing it simply because they don't know. They play the games that are, e that are easy to uh, understand. They, they, 
they play the heartstrings of the American people. And so Republicans and conservatives who, who support the president uh, blindly, um, they point out the good things, but then they also hide behind the bad things. They, they, they put shields up. They ignore them. The cognitive dissonance that both Democrats and Republicans display is quite uh, discerning, in my opinion. And um, that's I just don't support that. So in, in, in terms of the specific news piece saying North Carolina shut down for political reasons, yes, on, a hand, on one hand, I agree with him. Uh, but on the other hand, I think there are some legitimate concerns that may keep the state closed. Um, on, on certain levels. I, I do think the state should reopen a little bit more than it is now, um, and I do believe that that is for a political reason, but I think there's a lot more to that issue than people are giving it credit for, which is what usually happens in politics. Everything's generalized to me versus you, yada, 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 all this garbage. That doesn't have any effect. It doesn't make society better in any way, in any way possible. Pelosi warns the UK may not see a trade deal if they break the Good Friday Accord. Um, so Brexit is pushing... Uh, we talked about this way back in December or maybe January. I don't think it was the season at all. I think it was way back in season, maybe even early season two. Anyway, Brexit's they're still trying to push for that. Um, I, I said I supported it because the European Union's a joke. I 100% believe that. Uh, however, Brexit's going on kind of violent terms. They're like, if we break the Good Friday Accord and all that, if we break our our our, our um, Northern Ireland. Uh, the stuff we signed and all that, which mo which the Democrats I think are in a big support of because Bill Clinton was there to to put that stuff down, which it, which was good. I I think that's one of his better accomplishments, even if he is a pedophile. Um, that was one of his better accomplishments in office. Um, I think the the Democrats main their big the biggest reason they are concerned with that is because it's a big it's a fairly large democratic uh, uh, accomplishment It's something Bill Clinton did while in his presidency. Um, Britain's just saying we we're, we're done. Um, this article's not pulling up, so I'm just trying to pull it out of my memory. Um, Britain's just like we're done. We're we're just gonna go for this if this and we'll we'll do whatever it takes to get out of the European Union. And Nancy Pelosi's saying, well, we're gonna cut off your trade if you do that because uh, Daddy Clinton signed this thing. Uh, but the article just came out because Daddy Clinton signed this thing and helped you back in the '90s. Um, so I'm letting this pull up a little bit. Maybe we can read from her exact words. So Representative Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, has warned that Britain will be unable to secure a trade deal with the U.S. if it does anything to undermine the treaty that brought to Northern Ireland after decades of violence. Pelosi's comments came after the U.K. said it would legislate to override parts of the divorce deal with the European Union in the event that a trade agreement isn't reached. The U.K. government claims that its internal market bill is designed to ensure that trade between the four nations of the United Kingdom would remain unfettered in the event of a no-deal Brexit. The U.K. concedes... The UK concedes that it would reach the it would breach the EU withdrawal agreement, a British cabinet minister week in legislation that would break international law in a very specific and limited way. That did not go down well among top Democrats in the US, who would fear it would undermine the 1998 Good Friday Agreement, which brought peace to Northern Ireland after decades of of uh, sectarian conflict. If the UK violates that international treaty and Brexit undermines the Good Friday Accord, there will be absolutely no chance of a US-UK trade agreement passing the Congress, Pelosi said in a statement. This is another example, which is basically going to start saying just every time I talk about the news when it's concerning Democrats and Republicans, no matter what they do, it's about them. It's about their political accomplishments so they can further make themselves look better and further ensure that and yeah, ensure that they have power within the United States government and and influence government around the world. 
Um, this is about the the Democrats securing the mutation uh, of the of the 1998 Good Friday Accord, which Bill Clinton secured um, because Daddy Clinton signed the 19 it made them do you know the 1998 Good Friday Accord and all that, and it was a big part of that. And, and they're not concerned about anything else. Um, my opinion, I think that that's kind of a which has kind of been my whole opinion about Brexit anyway, they've always pushed it so hard, and I feel like they sometimes go to the extremes, but on the other hand, the European Union sucks. I say, this is hard territory, because that is a very big thing. That was a huge thing. Um, and to tell the truth, I'm not sure if I, if I think they should try and breach the 1998 Good Friday Accord just to get out of the European Union. I think that's something that needs to be taken into consideration because as much as the European Union sucks at its own job, um, breaking that could cause huge problems. And we, we're already reliving history with, with these concentration camps in, in China killing Muslims. Um, and I believe it's pronounced Erg. Uyghurs, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uyghurs, um, Uyghurs and Muslims in China. I believe the numbers are getting close to Holocaust levels. If you look at the pictures, it, it, it's horrible. Okay, with stuff like that of history beginning to repeat itself because of the political ignorance of the left and the right, I don't think breaching the 1998 Good Friday Accord is a good idea. To be completely honest, because we are seeing that. China is is just doing what it always does, committing mass acts of violence to silence people who are of any religion ever, and just sweeping it under the rug and going, no, 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 we're perfect, because you can't see anything. And um, that's actually a big reason why I don't like Joe Biden as president, because Joe Biden would let China, who's literally murdering thousands of Uyghurs and Muslims in literal concentration camps, which, mind you, Disney was willing to film there in China, for the Mulan movie, which I'm now not going to watch, because I'm I'm certainly not going to support something where Disney's just like, oh yeah, forget the Uyghurs and the and the Muslims being murdered in concentration camps. What about Mulan though? Um, so with stuff like that, that's a big reason why I don't support Biden as president because he would let China walk all over them and he'd just believe anything they say. Uh, and with instances like that, again with history repeating itself, I'm not a huge fan of of them breaking the good friday accord but uh, but i'm not going to say the democrats are all completely right because they certainly they're not doing this because they care democrats and republicans hardly if ever do anything because they actually care about anything or anyone but themselves and their own political power and prominence in government around the world and in the nation so last but not least today friday because you i record these the day before i upload them but friday marks the 19th anniversary of 9 11 and uh, Trump and Biden have left it completely apolitically, which I which I find completely wonderful. A big thing about 9-11, I think, is that we should keep this day completely uh, apolitical, entirely. This isn't about politics. I don't care about your stupid conspiracy theories. I don't care that, that, uh, that uh, we want to make this about Muslims versus America. I want this to be a day where we remember the people that have sacrificed their lives, the heroes that, that died, the heroes that survived. I'm actually going to... To, to, to finish off this episode, I'm going to read a short little speech that uh, I wrote uh, on my post about it today, which I think sums up my thoughts on it entirely, um, on the 9-11, on this tragedy, on this day, and on how people treat it. On the notes of remorse, memory, and remembrance that our fellow citizens have been speaking today, I look upon the memory of, September, of the September 11th attacks with a pondering of not only the past of our nation, but its future. 
On this day, if nothing else, I remember not only the stories of the survivors who barely made it to safety alive, but the stories of the heroes who died during these attacks. Upon modern partisan discussions of these attacks, the conspiracy theories, morbid jokes should we call them that, and the one-sided rhetoric that is always spewed around this day, I concern heavily over the fact that as a nation we seem not to care to take a day off from our partisanship to mourn the fallen, because they are heroes of the modern American culture. Heroes who do not deserve to have their memory turned into a political debate for people to use for social media points, left versus right nonsense, and religious hobnob. I ask of every one of my fellow citizens to look upon this day, the heroes who survived, and the heroes who died, with a little more integrity and respect, as some of our brothers and sisters will have tears over the loss of their families, mothers, fathers, significant others. Nay, I let no politically charged nonsense ruin the memory of this day. We shall stand in unison in its wake, or we shall let it happen again. God bless you all, and may liberty reign indefinitely.